Welcome to the Little May and Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I'm a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. We are coming to you on the NFL Draft. But first, we start with sports news. We just finished the greatest sports time of the year. Next to Super Bowl week. As always, it was Jim Nance's finest hour, going from the Final Four right into the Masters. The Final Four brought us all to New Orleans in a year where the St. Peter's Peacocks had more wins than Kentucky, Auburn, and Baylor combined. We still had a Final Four lineup for the ages. North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, and Villanova squared off to take the crown. North Carolina broke Duke's heart for the second time this year. At the start of March, they crushed Duke on senior night and Coach K's last home game. At the start of April, they ended Coach K's career. The heated rivalry ended with a record of 50 wins for each team during Coach K's time at Duke. On the other side, Kansas brought out the big guns to take an early and commanding lead on Villanova. The Wildcats could not muster enough energy for a comeback and fell to the Jayhawks. Creating a championship matchup of the last two teams coached by Roy Williams. The first half looked ugly for Kansas with North Carolina taking a strong 15-point lead into the locker room. No team had ever come back from 16, the largest lead that the Tall Heels could muster. But this was no ordinary Kansas Jayhawks team. Bill Self delivered the halftime speech for the ages, and the Jayhawks came out on fire. Abaji, Martin, and McCormick could not let their team lose. Kansas tied it up before the 10-minute mark and finished with a three-point win. Congrats on your first championship since 2008, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Lucky Nymphs Jim Nance then got to hop over to Augusta for the tournament unlike any other, the Masters. This year, the big story focused on Tiger Woods. Most thought Woods would not have a chance to play, but he shocked the world by not only deciding to play, but playing well enough on the first two days to make the cut. Some dreamed on the Tiger climb up to the leaderboard on Saturday, but he ran out of gas. Woods finished the last two rounds at six over par his worst two rounds ever at Augusta. He finished in 47th place. Given all that he came back from, his play was a miracle. He gains, if he gains more strength and stamina, he will be a threat at Augusta for years to come. Meanwhile, Scotty Scheffler kept up his hot streak, the biggest winner this year on the PGA Tour. Scheffler took control in the second round 
and never let it go after that. This former Longhorn finished strong. His only hiccup came on the 18th green when he four-putted and still won by three strokes over Rory, Rory McIlroy. What a run by Scheffler, the newest owner of a green jacket. In more sports news, the NBA playoffs are finishing round one. What is the biggest takeaway? Choosing not to play with your team. All year gives you a very small chance to win. Exhibit A, Kyrie Irving chose not to get vaccinated and with it not to play for his team, the Brooklyn Nets. Irving and Durant were swept in the first round by the Boston Celtics. After the games were done, Irving said the Celtics played well because they have been working together since January. Hello, Kyrie. What do you think the Nets could have done if you stopped making excuses and started playing hoops? On the other side of the NBA, the Golden State Warriors look like the team that dominated the last decade. Curry, Clay, Draymond, and the crew will be nearly impossible to stop again this year. Looking like it might be a golden year for the Warriors. Strange news alert. We've been away for so long that we have not won, but two strange news alerts. First, when a stranger bumps into you, you might get an apology. A California woman got $10 million. Last November, the woman had just put $40 into a lottery ticket vending machine at a supermarket in Los Angeles when some rude person bumped into her, causing her to accidentally push the wrong number on the machine. He just bumped into me, didn't say a thing, and just walked out that door, she said. She usually purchases cheaper tickets, but the accidental bump meant she bought a $30 20X scratcher ticket. She said she was annoyed because she, is ju- she ju- had just dropped most of her money on a single ticket. But once she was in her car, she started scratching the $30 ticket and realized she won the top prize of $10 million. I didn't really believe it at first, but when I got on 405 freeway, I just kept looking down at the ticket. I almost crashed my car, she said. I pulled over and looked at it again and again even scanned it with my California Lottery mobile app. And I just kept thinking, this can't be right. She said she was going to use her winnings to buy a house and start a non-profit organization. That bump and run turned out to be a million-dollar play. In a second strange news alert, we go to Lake Tahoe in California. A resident there complained all winter of strange noises in her home. Unable to find the source of rumblings, she asked neighbors if they heard the same thing. Months went by until she finally decided to call the animal control. To their surprise, they found a large bear under the home. Wildlife officers believe the bear decided to hibernate under the house, seeking the protection and warmth. 
The noises heard in the home will likely the bear snoring or moving around during hibernation. The noises the bear left without a fuss, but officials realized it was a female bear. Shining a light under the house, they discovered another set of eyes. Soon after, four baby bears came out after Mama. Fortunately, all exited the property safely without incident. A fence was put up to keep the bears from returning, which they tried to do after a couple days. I guess that house had the bare necessities. That does it for our news segment. Now it is time for Gabe and I to go on the clock for the NFL Draft. Mel Kuyper has his big boards. Tom McShay has Scouts Inc. Gabe and I bring the power of stick by your picks. This is not just Mock Draft 1.0. This is our only Mock Draft. Why? Because we only need one Mock to get this right. We won't be wishy-washing. We're going to give you our ironclad picks. We have gathered information from around the league. Now Gabriel and I will go pick by pick through the draft. No trades, just who is going where. That's all you need to know. Our lawyers have asked us to let you know this is not this is for entertainment purposes only. We do not advise betting your house or your shit on our selections. All right, it is time. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Wait, this feels like deja vu all over again. They won first last year. Yep, thanks to Urban Myers. They are back on top with the first pick of the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson. From the University of Michigan. He is the best edge rusher in this draft. And he has shown potential all year. Crushing the competition in the Big Ten. And leading the Michigan Wolverines to the playoffs. I agree with you. Aiden Hutchinson has been one of my best edge rushers for the past four years in college. Last season, he led the, he was third in sacks. But with some injuries, I don't know how far his career will go. And the pick is in. The Detroit Lions have selected Evan Neal, offensive lineman out of Alabama. Neal has been an outstanding blocker at Bama. And especially after dropping 15 pounds, he has been very quick and will be a key part of the Lions, who led up 36 sacks last year. I'm going to go on the other side of that. The Detroit Lions pick Trayvon Walker, edge rusher from University of Georgia. For me, he's my favorite player in this draft. He's elusive and all-around great player. Even though he got overlooked during the season because of Jordan Davis and Nicole Dean, in the carbon, he showed his stuff and jumped to the number two overall pick. I agree with you. Trayvon Walker has been a great play, was a has been a great player, but I do not think he deserves to be picked number two. Well, I think he does because he has shown it all this year 
and during the combine, so you can disagree or disagree, he is going number two. The pick is in. With the third pick, the Texans select offensive lineman Ikim Iwanu from the NC State University. He will protect Davis Mills, who, as you saw last year, had an amazing arm and can throw and is a great player. But he needs someone to protect him to give him time to make those good throws. I agree with you. I think he will be picked third by the Houston Texans as he is another great offensive lineman in this class. Especially, especially he will be needed in this revamped Texans offense. And the pick is in for the fourth pick. The New York Jets will be picking Sauce Gardner, cornerback out of the Cincinnati Bearcats. He is the best cornerback in this draft class and probably one of the best in the past 10 years. He, he was a key part of the Bearcats defense, which led them to the, to the first NCAA playoffs. And especially that he only led up 6.6 yards, he will need to help the Jets keep their defense alive in the fourth quarter. I absolutely agree with you here. Sauce Gardner is the best quarterback. He had an amazing season with 40 tackles. He is quick and elusive, and he is a fun guy to watch. You need to watch this guy. He's going to grow up to be a great player. The pick is in. The New York Giants select Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher, University of Oregon. He's another edge rusher off this board. Even though he dropped because of the combine, he had an amazing season, tearing up the Pac-12's offensive line and destroying any quarterbacks that stood in his way. I've got to disagree with you here. With the fifth pick, I have the G-men taking Trayvon Walker, the other edge rusher out of Georgia. I think he is an amazing edge rusher, and as you said, he showed his stuff at the NFL Combine. As I think Kayvon Thibodeau's injuries will keep him out of the top five. The Carolina Panthers pick is in, and with the sixth pick, they will be taking Malik Willis, Willis out of Liberty. Willis has uh, won the largest ceilings in the draft. And especially backing up Sam Donald, he will get some of the technique down to become a future Hall of Fame quarterback. He will become the next Michael Vick, but not go to jail. That is not correct. The Panthers need someone who has talent now they're not gonna win a game with sam donald kenny pickett is going to be the number six pick even though some people might think he's overrated he will show his stuff in the nfc now unlike malik willis who throws in a t-shirt and shorts a lo- long passes. He can throw long passes with pads on. I'm going to disagree with you. Malik Willis had the best arm in the NCAA. 
and I think Kenny Pickett is so is so overrated. He's not even gonna be picked in, in the top twenty. Top twenty? He's going top ten. He's going the no. No, he's not. He's picked. He has baby hands. He is not even gonna be picked in the top twenty. Malik Willis is gonna be overlooked because he's from Liberty. And now, with the seventh pick, the G-Men are up next again in this top 10. And they select offensive lineman from Mississippi State, Charles Cross. If they want Daniel Jones to be their franchise quarterback, which I do not agree with, by the way, they need to protect him with Charles Cross, an offensive lineman. They grabbed Kayvon Thibodeau for defense. Now they're working on offense. Two combinations you will not stop. I'm going to totally disagree with you again. I have the Giants taking Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. As I've said in past episodes, I thought he was going to be going number one. But now I've rethought that, and I have him going number seven. But on your point about Charles Cross, he is not going to be going in the top ten. I don't even know if he's going to be going in the first round. He is that bad. Uh, you are totally wrong. If he is that good to show up on my radar, he is that good to be in the top 10. I gotta disagree with you. You here. But the pick is in for the Atlanta Falcons. And with the 8th pick, they will be selecting wide receiver Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Wilson is a big play creator. And he is a big need for the Atlanta Falcons, who have lost Ridley due to suspension and Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans. Because of this, they will be taking Garrett Wilson. You are wrong on that. The Falcons need wide receivers, but who's going to throw to them? Marcus Mariota? He can only throw to himself. He is not going to give the Falcons anything for mentoring the future quarterback of this team. Matt Corral from Old Miss. Even though he gets injured in his bowl game, he has showed his stuff in the SEC. They played against Bama. They played against Arkansas. They played against Florida. And these are all great defenses, which he did great against besides Alabama. They, he is a force we reckon with. You should never underrate Matt Corral. I gotta totally disagree with you. Matt Corral is not going in the, in the first round. Maybe not even the second round. He did terrible against Alabama, Florida, and Florida. He's not that good of a player. And with injuries. That is why the foul... And they have Marcus Mariota. And Marcus Mariota has nobody to throw to. Yes, but who will throw Garrett Wilson if they pick him? Nobody. So, the pick is in, I hear, that the Seattle Seahawks will take a quarterback. This time, it's going to be Malik Willis from Liberty. He is going to be their savior. Without Russell Wilson, it looks like downhill from the Seahawks. Until the savior, Malik Willis, Russell Wilson 2.0, will show up on their doorstep. Pete Carroll is grateful that Malik Willis has been gifted to them at the ninth pick. I gotta totally disagree with you. The Seahawks 
have Drew Locke and they have many options still in free agencies, such oh. as Baker Mayfield. But with the ninth pick, I believe the Seattle Seahawks will be taking Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. I believe Hamilton will be a great addition to this defense, playing opposite of Jamal Adams. Oh, you said Drew Locke, right? The same Drew Locke who is terrible in mile high, who is not a good quarterback, who will not lead Pete Carroll to a Super Bowl. He needs a Super Bowl, and he's going to get it with this future quarterback, Malik Will. At least Drew Locke is better than Matt Corral. Oh, what did I hear? The 10th pick is in. And the New York Jets are taking Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. Drake London is one of the best wide receivers to come out of USC in a while. His speed is amazing, and he, him and Braxton Berrios will be a force to be reckoned with in the AFC East. I disagree with you. The Jets, before they get a receiver, because Braxton Berrios is the receiver, they will need an offensive lineman to help out Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson played amazing the second half of the year. Now, he needs someone to protect him so he doesn't get hurt again. And he picks an offensive lineman, Evan Neal, from the University of Alabama. The first Alabama player picked off the board at number 10. Evan Neal will save Zach Wilson's career. I totally disagree with you. Evan Neal is not dropping to 10. And he is way better than Charles Cross, even if Charles Cross is picked in top 10. And that does it for for the Little Man Big Mouth Show mock drafts. What would Sports Talk be without list? Bubkiss. So he was my list of the day. I was going to do top five names of the draft this year, but there's only two. Stingley. Uh, you want a hard-hitting cornerback? You get Stingley. And you got the number one, Sauce Gardner. That's it. Case closed. Number one name of this draft. All right. Thanks for joining me on this edition of the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out our next episode when it drops. Until then, see ya. Follow us on Instagram at Little Man Big Mouth Show. You can find the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Listen, rate, and subscribe to let others know how much you enjoy the show. This has been a Hefeweizen Podcast Production.